0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, in, Hawks fans. Your boy Bryce was back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. We are back today. We have a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, we got to talk about another loss for the Atlanta Hawks, losing three in a row now, losing to the Bulls tonight 118 to 113. In a tough game, we'll talk about some of the similar storylines that come from games like this against the Bulls. We got to talk about Jalen Johnson making it back for the first time in a month. He, I think for what you saw, obviously the stats might not blow you away, but I think he looked good tonight as well. And then after that, we got to talk about DeAndre Hunter missing a couple of weeks a knee injury, what his future is with the Hawks. We got to talk about DeJounte Murray. He's now in trade talks. Uh, You're hearing rumors, you're hearing multiple reporters report on that. Um, you know, we got to talk about roster construction, like there's a lot to talk about today. There's, there's, there's definitely, um, a lot to discuss about this team today. Uh, I just appreciate you guys for tuning into the show and, you know, giving me a chance to, you know, talk to you guys about, you know, what's going on with our, with our Hawks and try to get to the bottom of, you know, why we are where we are right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and dive right into it. Well, well, right before that listen to this video first time like the podcast subscribe like it show your boy some love appreciate all y'all audio same thing leave a review leave a rating show your boy some love appreciate y'all also follow me on twitter bryce underscore 2k b-r-i-c-e-y underscore 2k for all my hawks takes over there if you want to catch up talk interact with me on that as well so let's go ahead and get into it so the hawks lose tonight 118 113 um in a game that was a theme. Well, first Trey Young has a 30 10 streak snap night, but at the end of the day, that, that's a that's a that's a very just mute note on what this this night was and then what this has been representative of this entire season. The Hawks in games like this, you're playing a team basically has the same record of you, a game ahead of you, I think, or a half game ahead of you in the standings for 10th. Uh, so big game for you. They're down Levine. They're down Vucevic. They're down two players. Hawks you are down Hunter. Right? That's who you're down. You're down AJ. But in terms of guys in your main rotation, you're down Hunter. Tonight was a game where you you, you you've seen the consistent problems with this team all year. And I, it's just evident. And this is why I've 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 said that I think the team needs to make some changes and some adjustments to the roster because they continue to make the same mistakes that they've made in other games. The Hawks just can't win close games. The Hawks struggle to win close games. When when the games get tight, it always seems like the other team, regardless of who we are playing, seems to always make the plays they need to make to win the game, and we don't. And that's an issue. That's an issue. And a lot of these games sometimes we're in them because we had Trey Young go crazy. Or we had Bogdanovich go crazy, or someone go crazy. But it's not a team effort that helped us stay in that game. Chicago's game tonight was another example of that. We were in the game, the last few minutes of the game, just trade baskets back and forth. And eventually, Chicago was able to get that extra stop and that extra shot that we couldn't get. And that's what won them the game. It is just, it's just tough. It's tough. Uh, But it's been something that's happened multiple times. The Hawks have lost multiple close games this year. And then another common theme is that some people look at this as like they're blowing leads. Because Hawks in the third quarter were up double digits. Or was it? Is it the third? I believe it was the third. I could be wrong. It might be the second. I know they went on that 25-8 run in the second. So they were up 10 there. But they were leading basically going into halftime. and this happened in the heat game. This happened in almost in the Houston game, uh, Memphis for a short period where they'll have these leads. And then the leads evaporate quickly. Like, it's not like this is a lead that they, that like, they were up 20 and it took to the fourth quarter for them to go over the hump. The Hawks will get a 10 point lead and lose a 10 point lead in the same quarter. And that's a problem. Cause it's like the team plays in these waves of like, they'll play really, really good basketball. And the double played god awful basketball in the same 12 minute period. And that's and then they never can get back to that that stretch that got them the lead. So then you see them as the game goes on back and forth, the other team just makes more plays than you. And that's what happened again tonight. You know, and it's just and you, and you always are wondering, what is it? Is it, is it defense? Hawks didn't really play that bad of defense tonight. The Hawks defensively, I've said even during these last few games, has hasn't to me been as bad as it was during the initial six-game, five-game losing streak we went on. Like here, I feel like it's not even that bad. I just feel like the issue is we're just not, we're just not making plays. We're not playing well situationally, you know, and. I, I think with the injuries to Hunter and then Jalen being out has dramatically impacted. The state. I, I and I and I really hope that this front office realizes that. Because your team has just completely sputtered once your wings got injured. That should tell you where the important parts of your team are. You need wings that can produce for you to be to be good. You, you need that depth at that position because the one thing the team has lacked during Jalen Johnson and DeAndre Hunter's absence is wing play because all you have is Shadiq Ben. That's all you have. And if he's off, you ain't getting nothing from that position. the One of the most important positions in the NBA, you have to have a really good wing to compete in this league because you're going to go against other elite wings. That's why every year, y'all, like I've said before, every team is looking for wing upgrades at the trade deadline because everybody knows the best teams you got to go through, you're going to have to go against some some type of a wing player. The only team in the Eastern Conference that you maybe say that competes that you don't have to deal with that is the 76ers because the best wing they have is Tobias Harris. Even though Tobias can play, that's no disrespect. He's a good player. He ain't dangerous, though. You're worried about the point guard and Joe Embiid. Embiid. Outside of that, outside of that, though, you know, you, I mean, they have some good wing play. It's not anything crazy, but every other team, you pretty much have to play Giannis, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. You know, the, you you gotta have wing play. Jimmy Butler, Randall, like you 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 gotta have good wing play. And the Hawks lacking that so much when DeAndre Hunter and Jalen Johnson are out, which is just chock up to roster construction. And that's why, you know, teams that have wings beat you. Now, luckily with Jalen back, you can put him on someone's best offensive player. And he, you know, and obviously, listen, it's, it's a basketball game. You know, you're going to have Jalen's going to win some. That player's going to win some. He went against DeMar DeRozan tonight. DeMar DeRozan was able to get that key basket late in, in the quarter. Three, four straight possessions before that shot. Every time De, uh, uh, DeMar tried to get a shot, he passed it off. And the Hawks just couldn't get stopped from that. But it's just, it's it's, it's evident. It it shows the issues that have been there for this team. It shows what the problems are for this team, realistically. Like, realistically. And because you're not good situationally, it it just, it just, it it makes sense why you're losing games. Like the reason why they're twelve and eighteen right now is because they deserve to be twelve and eighteen. You're not playing well situationally. You struggle defensively. Yeah, you have injuries, and the injuries are impacting you. They do. You can't you can't. But also, like I said at the beginning of this episode, the Bulls didn't have two of their best three players and they won tonight. They seemed they seem to be able to they seem like a still a well churning product with that. You I mean Andre Drummond, I know people think Andre Drummond is a scrub, probably. Because we ain't heard Andre Drummond's name in so long. And really, because they have Bruce it, she doesn't have to play that much. But Andre Drummond had a monster game tonight against us. That man had 24 and 25. Andre Drummond. They said he hasn't had a game like that during, uh, because I think when I was watching on Stream East, I was watching the Bulls broadcast. They said he hasn't had a game like that since January of 2021 when he was still with Cleveland. That man is only averaging six points and seven rebounds this season. People forget, though, he's 30 years old, so he's not old. Even though it seems like he's been in the league for years. He's only 30. And he returned to the vintage Andre Drummond tonight, which killed the Hawks. The only rebounding threat they had was him. And then, obviously, the Bulls have a lot of effort players, so Caruso made big hustle plays tonight. Uh, and that and that also impacted the game, especially late. So you you got that, and just the Hawks just didn't. They just didn't do what they need to do tonight. I mean, if you, if you if you if you compare the stats, man, you both shot forty six percent. You both shot twenty eight percent from three. You both shot eighty six eighty seven percent for the free for line. The difference in the game was the Hawks had fifteen turnovers. The Bulls eight. The Hawks, uh, Bulls won the rebounding battle by eight and won the offensive rebound by, by six. They had four more steals. They committed less personal fouls. Energy, concentration, situational basketball. Bulls won all those tonight over the Hawks. And that's why they mattered at the end of the game. That's why it mattered. So, and then you know, you, you play the Kings Friday. So it's not not getting any easier here. Playing a good Kings team. So, I mean, that that, that just is the gist of what this team is. And now let's go deeper into things. Now let me talk about Jalen Johnson before I get into the point after that. So Jalen Johnson tonight came back tonight. uh, First time playing since the injury. Um, He actually played 29 minutes tonight. 10 points, nine rebounds, four assists, five of eight shooting. Uh, wasn't terrible. I mean, he, he didn't blow you away, but there were moments he had a couple of put-back dunks. His parents were in attendance tonight uh, cheering him on. I mean, he didn't play bad. Like, he, he played, you know, well. I mean, it wasn't – obviously, if you could get more from him, which is his first game back from something like that, he's probably getting his his win, his legs, his shot back. You know, it's like, you know, you got to get back into your rhythm that he was before he got hurt. I think he played well. Um, I think that, you know, once he again gets back into his rhythm, gets more confident, uh, we're going to need Jalen to start approaching 20 a game, pretty much, for me. Because first, I think he's capable of that. But second, I just think for this team, he needs to be giving you about 20 a game. He was giving you, I think, 15, 16 before he got hurt. So he was he was almost there but i think now they need more out of him to really push you know forward just just from support from an offensive standpoint to help with the offensive workload so i think he played well tonight but ultimately like i've mentioned wings are an issue um you know you, you like like deandre hunter's out 2 weeks now he got um a knee procedure done, and he'll be reevaluating in two weeks. Obviously, Hunter has shot forty percent from three. I think this year he's had a career high there. And as much as people crap on Hunter, the Hawks need him. The coaches have said that about Hunter. We need him. As much as much as y'all don't like the way he plays basketball, or don't like his IQ, we need him. We need him. <laughs> I mean. Clearly, when this man has left the lineup the last three games, we're 0-3. We're 0-3. We, were, we went on a two-game, that quick two-game winning streak when Hunter came back from the initial first time he sat out because of the knee. We won two in a row, and then he was out the next three. We 0-3 since Because you, because, because here's the thing. And this is, and I'll actually compare this to Jalen. When Jalen Johnson got hurt, you put in Garrison, you put in Weston. We were getting AJ played for a little bit. And we were getting, like, three-point games just from those three combined. And I'm like, you lost 15 points, and you're only getting three of that, four of that back. You're lo- of course, your, your team's getting worse. You don't have anybody who can step into that role. And, it, and listen, we know they're not Jalen. Not, they're not going to be Jalen Johnson. But give me something that, like, okay, he at least can give you this tonight night and make up for some of what you just lost. The Hawks really don't have players that come off the end of the bench that do that. That's why so many people have been pushing for Seth Lundy who got hurt tonight with an ankle sprain, which I hated cuz he was he was one of the first subs into the game and I love that because I said once they get healthy Seth Lundy needs to be that ninth guy or I guess if Hunter's out the eighth guy. He needs to be in that rotation. I cuz I feel like he plays Listen, for the short time he played tonight, he he played with effort on defense. He only took one shot but he but he, he got that fan put that thing right up there. Shoot more confidence, get more confidence in the shot. So it's so that's why I hated that he went down. Because Seth Lundy is a guy who actually can come off the bench to me and if he can find his rhythm, he can get hot. He can give you 12-15 points realistically, you're not getting that from Wesley Matthews You can't hit anything when he plays. And Garrison Matthews at best can give you maybe two threes a game. Maybe three if you're lucky. Tonight, he hit a couple. Gave you six points. Nothing special. But my point is, you get nothing from the end of your bench. So when you, and, then you're, and you're, and then you're, Playing guys at one of the most important positions in basketball who aren't giving you much production against other teams who are getting production from that position. It puts way more pressure on Trey and DeJounte and Bogey to score the ball to just make up for it. It's like they're having to make up for what they lost plus what they're not getting. And if one of them has an off night, it's like, well, the Hawks don't have enough. If if Bay is off, Trey is off, Murray is off, Bogey is off, Hawks don't have enough to win games. If that's a roster construction issue, which is reflected on the front office. That is reflected towards the front office and Landry Fields. Because you have to have this team more prepared and ready. Listen, I'm about to get into the trade rumors. We, we can talk about making a move, but if you're the Hawks, wait a season. You need to make a move next month. Like, you can't wait till the deadline. You know how people wait a few days before the trade deadline? You need to make a move next month. At least make one. Like Like, do something. Because this is not what you envisioned for this season. I'm sure you expect a more competitive team. The energy coming into the season felt different. It felt like this team was like going to be on a good path. They were, they were, they were 0 and 2. Then they were 4 and 2. Then they were 500. Then they were like, were a game over 500. Two games over 500. Back to 500. Then Jalen goes down, and then it just flips the other way, and now you're just not able to even be a 500 team. And now you're six game under 500. Listen. When you have injuries, and the Suns are going through this right now, but they're a 500 team, but, you know, they have injuries to their best players, and, you know, they're not maybe being as good as they thought they would be at this point in the season, because injuries can impact that. Like, injuries do impact winning and losses. Like, it does. You know, but one thing you want to say is, can we still be competitive? During the Eastern Conference Finals run. We had games where Trey was out and different guys were out and we had Brandon, Brandon Goodwin being our starter. And we were winning those games. Now it, we lose Hunter. We lose, we lose Jalen. It's like, we can't, it is, it is a struggle to win games. And the problem too, in these games is it's not that we're getting blown off the court or we're not competitive. We play well. We get a lead, and then we blow the lead in, like, the third quarter, usually. Fourth quarter is back and forth, and then when it gets towards the second half of the fourth quarter, the other teams able to pull away. Just, just just, not enough consistency within this team's play, and that's a big problem. People want to point the fingers. Some people say it's all the front office's fault because they built this team. They, they, they allowed this team to have its weaknesses. Like I've said before, People complain that Quinn Snyder went to an eight-man rotation. Why are we going eight? Really not going nine, ten? Well, clearly I see why we don't. He didn't go past not to nine and ten. Clearly, because he ain't got much after that. Really, basically, what what, what has happened is that you basically the only rookie you could really play is is Seth right now. Potentially Muhammad. The only problem with Muhammad is that. Like I said, he's very inexperienced in terms of basketball experience, and he's dealing with an injury right now. And Kobe's a guard, so unless you're reducing Trey's bogeys or, or uh yeah, minutes, he's not going to touch the floor. And if you go to a fourth guard, he clearly feels comfortable with Trent Forrest just for defensive reasons. Trey ain't giving you nothing offensively, but... The Hawks are not a great defensive team, and he's like, "Well, we need maybe a good defensive guard in there, and then you'll put him in there." And all of that just has not worked out for the Hawks, and, and it's why they sit where they are right now with their record. And it, and it's tough. It it is it is tough when you have that. It's tough. You know, because like I said, Jalen came back tonight, and like I've said, Jalen, when when Jalen plays, I don't want to make this point earlier, and I forgot to, because I'm just rambling. You could look at Jalen Johnson, and you could feel his aura. You could feel, you know, when you, if, you, if you turned on a TV, you just turned on a basketball game. Just want to watch a basketball game. And you turned it on, and you just saw Jalen Johnson, and you saw players on the floor. You know, by looking at him. Yeah, he's one of the best players on this court. That's the vibe I get from him. Like, you know, okay, yeah. He, he is one of the better players on this court. He he just has that juice the Hawks need. He he just makes those plays. No other player on Hawks can make. You you could just tell, like, he is the real deal. He's the real deal. He just does it? He's, he's still learning and growing as a player and all that. And like I said, he is definitely a person you are marking down as we are building around Jalen Johnson, for sure, one hundred percent. And and I think and I think that needs to change now because he has emerged in terms of building. Before you probably were building around a John and Trey, now. Probably building around Trey and, and Jalen. Speaking of Dejounte, so about a week or two ago, Dejounte Murray liked a couple of tweets that expressed some like frustration with playing time and his role. A couple of days ago, he goes he deactivates his Twitter and goes dark on Instagram. Which basically, he just, you we know, don't put a black screen, things like that. Then you've heard more um, reporters talk about DeJounte potentially being in trades. Today, Shams uh, talked about him potentially going to the Lakers. So it clearly seems like something's going on with DeJounte in his status with the Hawks. Clearly, this is not a coincidence. That all these things have kind of happened, and this is happening. People, even before this, uh have kind of questioned, you know, DeJounte's commitment at times. You know, because if you if you notice the last few games, DeJounte's had really good first halves, but in the second half, he's non-existent. And that's weird to me. Maybe he's just inconsistent. But then, is it? Is it? Do they do they change rotations differently with him in the second half? Like what? What? What is it that makes him effective in the first half but not in the second? But regardless of all of that, you now have a situation right now where you you are in a place of you're the Hawks where you need to make changes. And I've said this. The Hawks need to make changes. We talked about Hunter, trade deadline, Lapella, potentially, now Murray. Let's talk about Murray for a second. Let's say you hypothetically trade DeJounte Murray. So I asked this question on my Twitter. What do you do with the two spot? Let's just say hypothetically you don't get a two back. That's a starter in return. What do you do with, with the two? Well, if you look at your options, bogey. I personally think bogey is like Jamal Crawford to to, to to teams or to the Hawks. Or how Jamal Crawford was to multiple NBA teams. Where Jamal was good enough to be a starter, but always came off the bench, was always the six man. The six man is like a de facto six starter for teams because they're 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 a guy that you flexibly could play 30 minutes and basically play starter minutes. So and I don't I don't think Quinn wants to take him off the bench. So I don't think that is a reasonable um, thing that will happen. I mean, he could start Bogey. He definitely could. I just I feel like he would prefer to have Bogey stay on the bench. So if it's not Bogey, then you go to AJ. Well, we don't know what's happening with AJ right now. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if he's close. We don't even know if he's going to play another another minute of basketball for this team. So we have no clue what's going on with A.J. Griffin. So we have to assume he's not part of this team for right now. So then you get even deeper deep bench. bench. The only other two guys I can think of are Kobe Buffkin, who you drafted with your first round pick this year, or Seth Lundy, your, who you drafted in the second. Are you happy with that? Would you be okay with Kobe? or Seth starting at two next to Trey. Now, you have to understand that rookies, they're still developing. They're still learning their projects. They're not going to come in and now give you 20 a game, I don't think. Now, that could shock me for sure, but I don't I don't think that's what they're going to do. They may, though. We have no idea. But let's just say they don't. So you're downgrading and scoring. You can talk about what we would say about DeJounte's defense, but at the end of the day, I mean, you you don't know if either one of them is going to be better defensively than Jante right now. So you kind of feel like you kind of need to get a starting two back in return in some capacity, which could happen. I mean, the Hawks could be looking to upgrade that two and three. We've talked about Pascal Siakam with Hunter. Some people are thinking maybe potentially you can get Zach Levine somehow in a multi-team trade. That's a guy who I think people are going to try to connect to Boggs. You know, and and everything. And because people feel like with the DeJounte experiment hasn't worked out. They feel like that. It's one of those things where it's not DeJounte hasn't played well, but DeJounte hasn't been what you thought he was going to be for this team. Like people say, what Derek White is to Boston is what you thought DeJounte was going to be for Atlanta. And he hasn't been that to a lot of people. Um, I think that DeJounte is a better office player than Derek White, but Derek White's a better defensive player. And I think that's been reflected to me. Um, And so what you're seeing is what you're getting, right? The... The big thing is, what do you do with the two-spot if you trade him? Because you, you want to pair someone who fits with Trey and can play off of Trey. Bogie can play off a of Trey just because he's a shooter and he knows he has his job at the end. to put a lot of threes. But you kind of, like I said, want that off the bench. If you can. Like I said, push comes to shove. He has to start. He has to start. Obviously, defensively, that's not your ideal rotation. That's another reason why you probably would not want to put him as a starter, but... You know, you do what you got to do. You know, and and people are asking, what would what we want from the Lakers? People don't want D Can't get, I think I heard you can't get Banner built till after the season. Cam Reddish probably won't come back. So, realistic. And then, you know, a lot of people are just like, I don't know if I want anybody else unless they're LeBron or AD off of that team. So it's like, unless again, three, four team trade with the Lakers. I, a trade between the Hawks and, and the Lakers straight up probably won't happen. And don't forget, Dejounte Murray's agents, Clutch Sports, so you know how they are. You know how they operate. You know how Clutch operates, guys. People are trying to figure out who leaked it, who leaked it about potentially this trade. Was it? Was it Dejounte? Because the thing is, is that LeBron plays on the, on the LA, and so anytime you hear the Lakers involved with any Clutch client, you're going to assume Clutch leaked that. Because they they because they remember they sent Trey Young to La this past summer both of our guards are leaked to la but they clutch okay like I to me I think clutch leaked that. now here's the thing though there is a chance that Johnson is unhappy he has expressed that to Rich Paul or whoever his agent is in clutch and so he's just like okay I'll I'll put out there that you know the Lakers could be a spot for you And I've seen some Laker fans embracing that. It's crazy how we we complain about Capella and DeJounte Murray. But I saw a tweet that said, from a Laker fan that said, getting DeJounte Murray and Clay Capella would feed families. From a Lakers fan. They said that would feed families. Okay. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I I don't... this trade deadline for the Hawks is going to be very interesting and it's going to be very important for this team moving forward because there are so many questions about this team that need answered. How is this? Is Trey going at like, listen, this season will end up being what expected to be and this is how the season ends up. What does Trey do? Does he ask out? That's a possibility. Somebody said, this tweet with somebody in one of my tweets, and they said, the front office ain't under no pressure. And I said, how? You expect to be competitive this year, and you're not at the very moment in time. And you have a superstar. You know what happens if you don't win and you have a superstar on your team. Because now Trey is, is unhappy. You don't think that put pressure on the front office then? He's talking about fan attendance and all that. I'm like, yes, the ownership group, Tony Wrestler, them, they have done a great job with the arena. Fans are coming to games more, everything like that. Yes, that has improved and it needed to improve. Because even when the team was making the playoffs for 10 straight years, people weren't coming to games. And they've improved that. And that's fantastic. But in the day, <laughs> you, you still got to put a winning product on the floor. And right now, the Hawks are are not a winning product right now. So you you need to kind of change that and and make that better and improve that. So you got to make some tough decisions. If you're moving Hunter and you're moving Ajante, you better get some upgrades from those positions or or get better pieces that help construct the team. Because I also said, if you make a move like that, You still got to get bench guys, got to get you some wings, got to get you some bench pieces. So that way you've constructed yourself where if you did have injuries, you're more, you're in a better shape. You're in much better shape as a roster to still be able to keep it churning until they can get back. So, you know, overall, this game tonight against the Bulls was frustrating uh, to lose. Hawks are now on a three-game losing streak again, which is what you, which is what you hate to see. Very winnable game that they could not execute, and it's just, it's just tough. I mean, like I said, you just gotta get healthy so you can get the Matthews out in the lineup, but. <laughs> I mean, literally, the thing is, is that the knife guy used to play like five to ten minutes, and I'd be fine with that. But the problem is, it's like with the injuries, they're gonna play more. And you, we have all watched this Hawks team and learned. We are not winning games with them playing almost ten plus minutes. It just, they're just not helping us, as they're not giving us what we need to be successful. So. There's some stuff that needs to change. And the front office is now facing that scrutiny. Because, like I said, you're 12 and 18. You don't got time to wait till February. February, you you may be already like, yeah, we... I mean, listen, the Easter conference is weak, so in terms of being a temper, a knife seed, the Hawks are probably always going to be in contention. But if you want to potentially try to get back up, get to eight or seven, got to make some moves. Got to make some moves quickly, man. So... He got the Kings next. You know, you you got to win that game. Hawks, like I said, have not been a good home team, so I can't even say coming back to Atlanta is going to help them. But they got to they got to make some changes and they got to make some improvements because right now you're you're still in that that part where you're just like, all right, we we kind of know what this roster is. We got to make some changes. You know, and we got to see how players play and people's reactions and things like that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff's happened. Good to see Jalen back tonight, though. Glad to see him back. Hopefully, gets back more into Jalen Johnson form that we are used to seeing and what we think he can be. Um, Like I said, we're going to be going two weeks without DeJone, uh, DeAndre. So that's to be tough. And we'll we'll see how things kind of go, man. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where we are right now, guys. But that's your Believe in Hawks podcast, man. So, hope for the best Friday. It's your boy Bryce Lewis. See you next time.